I want to thank our sponsors, Athletic Greens, who created AG1, one of the most innovative packets of supplements, including 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. These ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I personally started using Athletic Greens and love the way I feel in the morning after I drink it. And I no longer have energy crashes throughout the day. And the best part is that it's delicious. The founder of Athletic Greens created AG1 because he experienced a ton of gut health and ended up on a complicated and expensive supplement routine to recover. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash yasmine. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash yasmine, Y-A-S-M-E-E-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, my name is Yasmine Terehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Marine St. Germain, who has over 25 years of experience in the area of mystical and sacred traditions. She's known as the practical mystic. Uh, Marine is just this incredible teacher and facilitator of spiritual knowledge for contemporary life. And she's an ascension teacher and has been granted access to a dimension that has been closed to most of humanity and is a direct channel to source. I've read many of her books. I find her to be so fascinating. Her latest book, Mastering Your 5D Self, follows on the heels of the award-winning best-selling book, Waking Up in 5D and Beyond the Flower of Life. She's taught in person. I recently saw her at uh, the Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles, and I'm just so excited to have her on the show. So welcome to the show, Maureen. Thank you, Yasmin. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So to kick it off, Maureen, uh, what does it mean to you to master our energy? Mastering your energy is a little bit like going to the gym for your physical body. So you're learning to understand that you are greater than just your physical body that you can see in the mirror. There's actual, actually several aspects, your emotional body, your mental body, and also your spirit body. So we have all these elements that are integrated in who we are, and they are able, you are able to impact how you use them once you understand that you have that power. Until then, you think that it's all happening naturally. As a mom, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I have to teach my child how to manage their emotions. And like, so most of us are just sort of like walking through life, kind of reacting to our emotions. And and what's sort of the difference between, um, you know, the spiritual and the physical piece of it? Like, what does that mean to you from an emotional perspective? Well, you know, initially we think of ourselves as our physical body and we think our thoughts are our mind. 
but in fact, we're much greater than that. So when we find a way to tap into our inner wisdom channel, then we can begin to understand more about who we are and what we're doing. The presence of the emotional body impacts how we interact with others. We often find ourselves driving uh, an argument or a discussion or a love conversation through our emotions, but we don't think about it as a separate thing. We think it's all us. And when we learn to master our emotions or master our energy, we're learning to take command of that. So there's a simple process in um, the world of physical body mastering where you can teach your body to respond to your commands. You can teach your body to expand your lungs or open your heart spiritually. So it takes practice, but there's techniques. For example, if you wanted to learn how to open your heart and be more loving, you could start out your day by thinking about something that you really love. It could be a pet or an infant, or it could be a walk on the beach or the mountains. And this connection to the aspect of life that makes you really happy helps your heart open. Many people can actually feel it when they start to think about these things if they're willing to notice what's going on. And they feel a, a sensation in their chest. And that means that your heart energy is opening. So when you learn to master your energy, you call upon your angels and guides and other beings of light that might be helping you and ask them to help you understand your emotion and help you contain it. I remember as a young woman, I was so sensitive that I actually asked Archangel Michael to put chain mail around my emotional body, not because it was a good idea, but because I couldn't control it myself. And I would cry at, you know, every little thing. I don't recommend doing that, by the way. That was, you know, like me. Uh, in fact, if you don't know what chain mail is, it's the, it's the um, metal um, netting that uh, ancient um, swordsmen wore to protect themselves. So it wouldn't be a good idea to do that. <laughs> but I learned how to control my emotions because they were so big. So I actually want to dig into that because that's so fascinating. I think um, for folks who do have a lot of emotions and a lot of sensitivities and also a lot of sensitivities to other people's emotions and energy, how do we, you know, what's sort of the way to master that or to um, work with those emotions rather than letting them take control over us and sort of dictate our, our lives? Well, the first thing is to know that you're safe. I think sometimes we have big emotional bodies because we haven't felt safe in the world. Um, some people are born with very large emotional bodies like I was. And so I had to understand that I was okay. And that when we discover that we're okay, even when we're not, you know, we decide we're okay we bring a level of calmness to our physical body and then our psyche follows suit. It's a very uh, complex thing, but the easiest way to do that is through meditation. And this is why I created so many guided meditations to help me initially, these were all for me, and to help me uh, manage my 
energy and manage my feelings so that I could walk into a room and not be in a state of distress or anxiety or reaction. So I create, (laughs) it's so funny because every time I created a new meditation, something would happen and I would have a friend or a client call me and they'd need it. And I'd say, well, you know, I've been using this new meditation for myself. Would you let me to try it on you? And, you know, when the third or fourth time happens, I'd ask my angels, um, am I supposed to release this to the public? And, of course, it would always be true. So I went through a lot of what a lot of people are going through today. I, I went through divorce. I went through being fired from a high-level job several times. Um, you know, I've had breakups and, you know, close to bankruptcy a couple of times. So, you know, I've been on the edge a lot. And I think that that has given me strength to get to the other side. But I also created things so that I could survive and and be happy. Mm. Wow. And, And so I think for, especially like coming out of the pandemic, I think a lot of people have faced a lot of transitions and change. And so, um, you know, you talk about how that that your experiences made you stronger, and um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, like for people that are going through big changes and conflict um, and struggles. I mean, especially right now, it feels like we're in a mental health crisis where there's a lot of people who are not, you know, able to sort of move through these really dark moments and dark periods. Um, what would you say to them? First thing I would say is, even if you don't believe in angels. Just say to yourself, okay, I'm not sure I believe in angels, but I need help right now. And I'm asking all the angels that serve me to help me now, help me now, help me now, just like a chant. And then, you know, walk away from that, go do something else and you'll start to feel better. You'll get a phone call. You'll get a a connection with someone on your computer and you'll start to see, oh, it does work. And that encourages you then to do more. I have a really fun guided meditation to the archangels that's very modern and it's called the seven archangels and the wheel. And I had so much fun making it because I was guided on what to say and what to put in it. And when you listen to it, you'll see why I think it's funny. Um, there's a more traditional guided meditation for those people who you know are looking for biblical references and things like that. Um, Again, I was told by my angels what to do and how to do it. And one time when I said to them, well, you know, what if I just say that I'm in and I'm, why do I have to keep asking you guys every single day? Why do I have to start my day this way? Or why do I have to, you know, keep pursuing, you know, pursuing this connection? And their answer to me was, well, honey, When we got married 10 years ago, I told you I loved you. Nothing has changed. And I burst out laughing because I knew exactly what they were doing. They were making fun of me and helping me see when I had been married, there wasn't a day that went by that we didn't say I love you to each other. And if we didn't say it, we knew either I'm in trouble or you're sick because that's just how we lived. And so then they showed me a sunrise and a sunset. And they said, every day you get a clean slate. Every day you get to choose what you will. So that's when I got the understanding that choosing, I'm on the side of the light or I'm a good person or I want help from any of the otherworldly beings that could help me. 
that are of the light. I don't want any, you know, surprise visitors, you know, um, that is a commitment to do it every day. And when we have children, we do the same thing. We tell them we love them every day. You know, it's, it's, it's how we live, how we humans operate. And when we live with someone who doesn't do that, it feels uncomfortable. It doesn't feel safe. And so that's how we know. Mm, fascinating. So every day is a clean slate. So, you know, you wake up and um, you get to choose your day. So that's an interesting concept. I mean, how much of our life is a choice and how much of it is sort of um, chosen for us? <laughs> well, you know, this this is a very interesting concept. And there are a lot of people who still believe that their life is being chosen for them. But it is my belief and it is my experience with lots and lots of people that the minute we decide, wait a minute, I'm in charge here, I get to choose, you can start out by saying, I am asking for a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I come in contact with. And the minute we do that, our trajectory changes, our vibe changes. And then when we meet up with someone, you know, you could be waiting in line at the bank and the, and the teller, the poor teller is getting some kind of grief from the guy in front of you and you step up and everything is, is, you know, milk and roses. And you, you think to yourself, that's cool. That's really cool. That really works. And so you begin to receive abundance of love, of good fortune, of opportunities, of convenience. You know, I, I recently submitted something to someone that needed a bunch of signatures, and I discovered that at the last minute that I didn't have all the signatures, and I'd already dropped it off at the FedEx place. So I called the FedEx guy, and I said, have they picked up yet? And he said, no, they don't come for a couple hours yet. I went over there and fixed it, and they resealed it for me. And and my friend who heard this story said, you know, the, you always have the wind at your back. Everything works for you. But I maintain that when we create an energetic discipline that says, I'm choosing to wake up in 5D, and we haven't talked about 5D yet, so it's kind of confusing for people, I'm sure. But I'm choosing to wake up in this place of yumminess. We're creating it, and it follows us around. That's powerful. So is that what you do every morning? What's your morning routine, Maureen? <laughs> well, I get up pretty early. I usually get up between 4 and 5 a.m. Wow. And I do uh, a meditation, and then I do a Qigong routine, and then I do some kind of work that I don't need my computer, because I have my computer on a timer, and so the Wi-Fi doesn't turn on until like 6.30 in the morning, and it goes off at 9.30, because I don't want that energy on me when I'm sleeping. And then um, I usually make my breakfast after I have my... I also have a, a, a trainer that I work with over Zoom a couple of days a week. And so I spend an hour with her and then uh, I'll have a breakfast like that. But, you know, one of the first things I do, actually, when I go to bed at night, I announce I am waking up in 5D. So, the, you know, it's funny. I can actually feel it sometimes when I sit up and I don't feel good or I'm tired or there's something important that needs to happen right away. I'll just sit there and I can actually feel the positive vibe move in and take over. 
Mm. It's quite amazing. And then, of course, I'm reminded I'm waking up in 5D and I, I put it in my morning prayers. Mm. Well, so can we talk about that and define that term 5D? Because like for, for folks who don't know what 5D is, five-dimensional dimen- um, thinking, I guess is what it is, but the 3D versus 5D, and maybe we could just define all these terms um, and sure. also how the the phrase, I like to have a day of heaven on earth, I want to wake up in 5D, all those things are kind of related, just so because people probably don't know what that means. Sure. Well, and I'd really like to tell you the story behind that other one because it's so cool. So let's talk about 3D versus 5D and what 5D is. So the easy way to understand what 5D is, it's fifth dimension, and it's the vibration, the vibrational data set that we can move into, and it's the equivalent of what our traditions have taught us is heaven. So it's where we have our connection to source or each other, or God, whatever you want to call it. We're able to think clearly and be loving and supportive to one another. Things are going well like that. And there is no judgment. There is no uh, disappointment. And there are no acts of unkindness. The only thing that's known in 5D is kindness. And so it's kind of hard to explain because in our world, we see everything in polarities. We see the floor is down, the ceiling is up you know, sugar is sweet, lemons are sour. But in, in reality, our goal was to create balance in that awareness and find our sweet spot in the middle of all that. So 3D is where we're filled with judgment, we're filled with remorse or anxiety or, you know, all those feelings of, am I worthy? Am I doing a good enough job? You know, when I first took a job uh, in New York City, when I first came from my roots in the Midwest to New York City for a job. I remember taking papers home where I had made a mistake and because I didn't want anyone to find the mistakes I had made or the papers I had to throw away because I thought I was being wasteful. And, you know, today we, we understand, well, that was a good, good uh, agenda, but now I save papers so I can use the other side, you know, it's <laughs> kind of a different agenda. Anyway, 3D is that place of what we call polarity, where we have unhappiness about what other people are doing or what we're doing. And in 5D, we instinctively choose the most loving and supportive thing for ourselves and others. And that's the difference between the two. Now, a lot of people say, well, what happened to 4D? In 4D, it's like a portal. So it's like Grand Central Station. No one goes there to spend the night or an airport. You might spend the night there, but... You wouldn't do it on purpose. You would you would do it if you felt like you needed to to get to the next flight. So when we talk about 5D, we talk about this place that we aspire to, but it's not really a place. It's a vibrational data set. So think of some of those um, movies that you've seen where people change their vibe and then everything around them changes. Or they, you know, the the, the movies about time travels, like, what dreams may come, people change their vibe and their environment changes instantly. We're in 3D, when we're in 3D, when we change our vibe, our environment changes slower. When we're in 5D, our environment changes very quickly. So when we think something, it happens right away. And over and over, my students are reporting back, you know, every time I'm in this yummy state and I state that I want to do this or that, you know, everything changes instantly. I remember a time when I had my car fixed. My kids had 
driven it into something, you know, and there was a few dents and I thought I should have this fixed. So I had it fixed. And then the, a couple of days later, I'm looking at the front end thinking, why didn't I have the front end done at the same time? And then I announced, I really wish I had done the front end. And the next day I hit a deer in the front and had to have the front end redone. <laughs> now, I want to tell the story, if I may, about um, a day of heaven on earth, because this is really cool. Okay. I was flying. Um, I was flying into my home city from the West Coast, and I was then going to turn around later that same day and fly to the East Coast. I had chosen that connection because I wanted to meet with certain people. You know, it was a tight connection, but that was what I chose. And I came home that morning, and a flight service person who was also the ticket agent at my tiny town looked at me when I, when she was loading up bag, baggage at the, at the um, as you exit the plane, and she looked up and said, oh, hi, Maureen, how you doing? And I said, I'm doing great, but this is my day from, and I'll just say the letter H, and she looked at me kind of funny, and I was so embarrassed. I thought, what the heck is the matter with me? Why would I say such a thing? Um, and so I, then I said, but I'm flying with United, and I'm having a day of heaven on earth. Okay, I came home and there was this flood in my house and, and I had rented out a room to a roommate and she didn't even call me to tell me that there was water running and I'm looking around, my basement is flooded. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I called my neighbor and I um, called the plumber and everything came together. The neighbor came over, the plumber came within an hour of what he said he would do. The um, He asked me where to cut the hole in the wall to find out where the pipe was broken. And I asked my higher self, he wanted to do the upstairs bathroom, but my higher self said, no, the downstairs bathroom. And where I told him to cut was exactly where he needed to be so he could see what he was doing. All of this was on one wall. You know, he could have chosen a different wall. Anyway, I get to um, the bank and I run my errands there. And I call the um, airline and I say, look, you know, I've got this big, thing going on at my house. Can I please fly on the later flight? And they said, yeah, but it's going to change everything on your connections. And so I said, okay. Um, and then I had to call my host until I was going to be late. And then when I got back from the bank, the phone's ringing and it's a real person from the airline saying, both of your flights to the West, to the East coast are changed. And the only way you're going to catch it is if you catch the first one, because you're going to miss all your connections. If you take take the second one can you possibly come in to the first flight which is now leaving an hour later and I said to myself on the way home from the bank you know all I really needed was an extra hour and here they're telling me okay you can get that first flight so I said okay I'm 15 minutes from the airport my bag is packed everything's in the car I'll be there I'm sitting on the plane thinking to myself what the heck how did I pull that off how did that happen and my guides came in and said, well, you said you were having a day of heaven on earth. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. I'm going to declare that now that <laughs> I'm having a day of heaven on earth. Yeah. It gets better because then I said to myself, okay, the next day I have, uh, you know, a chakra block day. I'm going to ask for a day of heaven on earth. Well, the third time I did it, it occurred to me that I could do it every day, just like you announced. And so can everyone else. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. So, so, um, you make that kind of statement in the morning and then do you notice now if you don't say it, 
that your day yes. is different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> wow. So when I get out of sync a little bit because, uh, you know, some some change in the routine or some interruption or whatever, and then I don't I haven't done my morning, you know, prayers where I pray for, you know, my family and, and everyone in the world. And then I end it with, you know, I'm having a day of heaven on earth. If I forget to say that, I can tell. I can tell. Wow. I mean, if I, you know, if I don't get to that, that little thing that I do at the end of my certain practice. Very cool. Wow. So um, that's such a cool story. So I, I think that for those listening, let's all try that. You know, what do you have to lose? Uh, we could do some some testing and, and see how the day uh, shifts. I actually have used that phrase before and um, definitely noticed a difference. And, you know, I remember... Um, in one of your lectures, you talked about the word magnanimous. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, what is what does that mean and how does that relate to the kind of 5D or heaven on earth experience? Well, it's an interesting thing because the magnanimous dimension was opened up recently by the um, Lords of Light who channeled what they were doing is making it possible for us to call in a most magnanimous outcome and we would easily shift from three to five D. So if something happened that would trigger us and bring us down, we could still slide right back into five D very quickly in a way that would allow us to respond in a loving and kind way instead of, I would just say our typical response when something happens, we don't like, you know? Mm. So you just say like, how can I have a magnanimous outcome? Yes, or you can say, I'm asking for a magnanimous uh, outcome for everything that's going on this day. That's how I do it. And um, it's it's very curious because in, in the old tradition, we always thought of 3D, people thought of 3D as this, this vibrational data set, and then we'd slide into 5D and we'd stay there. And my experience early on, my guide showed me that it was more like a sine wave. They actually reminded me of a story that one of my kids, uh, that I had around one of my kids when I was telling my mom how awesome it was that my troublemaker son was now stepping up. And she said, well, you know, kids don't grow up in a straight line. And I, I was aghast. And I said, well, what does that mean? I was pretty <laughs> naive. And my mom said, well... Usually when they do something mature, they follow it with something stupid, which, of course, I cracked up. And, of course, that's exactly what happened. But I learned from that 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 applies to everything. We are all evolving and making wonderful, powerful, supportive decisions for ourselves. And then we drop back because, gosh, maybe that wasn't true. Maybe I was imagining. Maybe I was faking it. You know, maybe they were faking it. And then we move in a little higher. So even though we fall back, the general trajectory is in a motion towards where we want to be. Mm, wow. So Maureen, I think that people who are listening right now are probably super curious, like how on earth do I raise my vibration? How can I raise my energy? Like what's the, what are some steps? I know in your book, you have a ton of different types of advice. Uh, 
What about just giving us like one or two pieces of advice or wisdom on how to raise our uh, vibration so that we can attract, like beyond just stating moving into 5D um, or asking to be moved into 5D? Are there anything, anything else that we can do to, to raise our vibration? Well, this, this is um, maybe unfamiliar territory for some people, but when someone dies, they have a choice to go back to God or they sometimes hang around on earth. And, you know, sometimes we call these souls um, entities or ghosts, but there's a lot of energy that is hanging around either from a big fight or from a soul hanging around that you know, miss the boat, miss their opportunity to return home to source. And they move into us. You know, when we have a similar feeling, they move in because we attract it. We're like attracts like. So clearing ourselves regularly is very, very powerful. And it's easy to do. And at first it might feel strange, but think about how many times you wash your hands. And so the way you clear yourself is to take a stainless steel knife and cut around the body. I actually have a couple of YouTube videos on this called Clearing, oh, and I show people how to do that. Wait, Maureen, can you say that one more time? What do you do again? Uh, <laughs> uh, one of these videos is actually me on the streets of New York with a stainless steel knife that I had in my bag. My students said, can you please show us this? We're begging you, please show us. And so I said, okay, if somebody will video me, I'll do it. And I literally took the knife and, you know, scraped what would be called the aura. So maybe five or six inches above your head, cutting down in front of my face, not touching my body, but just around the body and then bringing the knife to the floor and then doing it on the left side of the arm, you know, on the arms, you know, above the arm and below the arm and then down the left side of the body. And then the right side of the body, the same thing. And then down the back of the body as best you can reach and the bottom of the feet. And what this does is causes anything that doesn't belong to leave. You also do a small invocation where you call in Archangel Michael to escort these entities or energies to a place of evolution or dissolution. And that will free up a lot of energy because a lot of times we think our behavior is coming from us. And when we do this clearing work, all those recalcitrant behaviors drop off because they weren't us. Wow. Fascinating. And how many times do you do that a day? Or is it just kind of once well, every... you know, it depends upon the work you're doing. You can do it once a day. When people first start out doing this, they, they really could benefit from doing it once or twice a day depending upon their interactions with people and what's going on, you know, if they're out in public a lot or if they're in a hospital or, a, you know, a, a, um, you know, a, a nursing home or someplace where there's people who have died, you're more likely to pick this stuff up. You can pick it up in the grocery store. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing when you act out of character and you kind of know you're acting out of character or somebody calls you out and says, what are you doing? You know, that's so unlike you. And I even had an incident where I was with a friend and we were in the grocery store and there was a woman in front of us who was struggling to pay for her, her food. And I would have just thrown down some money and said, here, let me cover you. And, but my friend stood there watching and probably getting a little frustrated. We get home and he starts 
saying things to me that are so out of character, I immediately looked at him and said, what's going on with you? What's wrong? As soon as I asked that question, what's going on? I knew. And that's another key. The question, what's going on, is very, very important. Anyway, he had picked up some energy off of that little old lady who, who was struggling. And he may have done her a favor because she wouldn't know or have the ability to send this being to the light. But jumping on my friend, it certainly worked out. Um, so when you have something happen that feels out of character or you feel your response was out of character or you say to yourself, why did I do that? Or why was I so mean? Or, you know, those kinds of things. When you say to yourself, what's going on? The answer will filter in. Sometimes it doesn't filter in right away, but it will filter in. Even those of you who aren't meditating or aren't asking for a lot of um, outside support like I do, when you ask the question with the what word, you will get an answer. Because every other of the interview questions, and there's six of them, who, what, why, when, where, and how, we all learned this when we were in elementary school, when we ask the other questions, we're looking to find the problem so we can fix it. Who ate the cookies in the cookie jar? Why were they eaten? When were they eaten? You see? And we're all looking to find the problem so we can go fix it. When we ask the what question, it's completely open-ended, and we're allowing our guides, source, whatever, to tell us, and, and you will get an answer. Very cool. Wow. So what's going on? What's going on? Whenever there's like a... Yeah, because it's so it's so interesting because I think um, for those of us who are very sensitive, like I always, I was extremely sensitive and empathetic as a as a child, and then when I learned how to manage my energy, I could pick up on the way people felt uh, in rooms. I could also pick up the energy of a space, and oftentimes, you know, it sometimes can be so overwhelming, right? Um, when when you don't know how to interact or what to do with that. And I, and I just, yeah, I love these exercises. I love, I love just asking what's going on as opposed to trying to intellectualize it because we can't get the answer that way. And even if we do, it's not, I mean, sometimes just things don't make sense too, right? Like certain people might, you might have an interaction with them and it might not go well, and maybe they're just not meant to be in your life or, right. There's just, there's a lot of things that Sometimes the universe is actually trying to help us and make it super easy, and we want to resist with our intellect. So it's just so funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's true. And, you know, we're it's such a mental society in the world. Um, and we tend to, as you say, intellectualize everything and look for why, why, why. I, I have found over the years that the why question is best asked in the Akashic Records. Mm -hmm. And when you're in 5D, you, you, you feel so connected to your own divinity and you feel secure. So knowing why doesn't matter. It's, it's like moving to the place where someone makes an insult and you smile sweetly and say thank you. And what's really funny about that is when you can do that, um, it's very confounding for the person who's issuing the insult and they basically back up because they don't know what to do with that. And secondly, I like to joke and say, well, you know, you can pretend you're a dumb blonde and just say thank you to everything because that's all they know is compliments. And it's, it's really a, a, a tease on myself. Um, but there's one other tool I'd <laughs> like to share with you, if I may. And that is when you feel like something has moved in on you and you can somehow sense 
it's something's moved in and I don't know how else to explain it other than to say all of a sudden you feel different there's there's a feeling on you that wasn't there before you can literally harness that you know like see it coalescing or condensing and then going out your feet into the earth and I've done this many times when I picked up people's fear not because they were trying to make me fearful but because they were so afraid that when I touched them they needed me to take it off of them and so it just moved into me. And then as soon as I'm feeling like I'm going to drown, I send it into the earth. And everybody can do that. It's pretty easy. You just pretend that everything that you're feeling can slide out of your body, through your feet, into the earth. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And do you have to like be standing up for that visualization? Or can you kind of be sitting? What's the... Well, you could do it. You could do it when you're standing or sitting. I actually did it once when I was swimming, and this woman was terrified of the water. And I had told her husband, "Look, you've been on this trip all week, and she's been clinging to you, you know, like glue. I will be her swimming partner, so you can have some fun with the dolphins." So as soon as she jumped in the water, I grabbed her, and I immediately had this fear that she had move into me. And I grounded it and sent it in the earth. And by the way, that's what that word means, is to ground, is to send into the earth. That Just imagine that you could push something into the earth. And she looked at me and her eyes got really big and she said, oh my God, it's gone. I'm not afraid anymore. So cool. Wow. Yeah, that's so, because I think, um, you know, oftentimes we get hit with these like strange emotions and that the visualization of just like moving that energy down into the earth is, is very healing. And do you replace it with anything or you just move it out? I just move it out. I had a client tell me that he'd been going through a rough time with, with uh, a sweetheart that they had broken up and you know, she wanted to break up, but she wasn't done, you know, that kind of stuff. And he woke up one morning with a fire in his belly and he was assessing his feelings and thinking about how he was feeling and everything that happened the last couple of days. And he realized he was cool. Then he said to himself, this is not mine Mm. and left instantly. So that's another way to do it, just to announce, this is not mine. What I'm feeling is not me, not mine. Go. Hmm, I love that. Okay. All right. So we've got a lot of tools uh, for folks listening um, on how to navigate these kind of, you know, emotions that might not be ours or to move it down to the center of the earth. Uh, Maureen, so I have so many more questions. Uh, this is to me so fascinating and feels like we just got started. Um, you talked about the Akashic Records. Uh, can you explain to people what they are and how we can open them? Like what what does that mean? Like let's say I want to open my own Akashic Records. Like how would you how would you go about doing that? Okay, so the Akashic Records are a body of knowledge. Think of it like the internet. And um, in the last... I'm going to say 30 or 40 years, humanity was given full access. And so prior to that, only the mystics or the shamans were able to get, you know, gain access to this body of knowledge. And the body of knowledge is a recording of everything that's happened, everything that's uh, going on right now. And it also holds possible or probable futures, which we can talk about in a minute. But the idea is that it's just a recording of everything that happened. Think of that court recorder that's 
taking down everything that people are saying and then magnify that to everything. And so this record is available now as a resource to help you do a better job. Now, a lot of people use this for past life work, but I'm not so interested in the past life work because I think it's more important to help people today and now help them get through their stuff today. So um, that's my focus. And what that means is that you can ask the record keepers about what is going on with your brother and why he's being so obnoxious to you or, or you know, is it my highest and best good to take this opportunity? And the record keepers are like advisors. So when the records are opened, there is a wealth of knowledge. And the why question is very suited for that environment because it helps people understand. When you understand that, you know, you're – um, there was a man who called in on a radio show and he, he was complaining about his adult daughter who was not treating him well and he felt he'd been a good dad. And the record keepers told him through me that his daughter and he were rivals in past life and they were arch enemies. And he had gone on to a certain level of spiritual mastery, but she did not. And in this lifetime, he agreed to sponsor her to help her catch up. And she's still thinking and feeling that he's her arch enemy. And then they said to him, but she will grow out of it, but it may take a few years. And your job is to love her anyway, because he wanted her to treat her like he was treating. He wanted her to treat him like she loved him and cared for him like he did for her. And they basically said, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and I can tell you as a parent, when you find out that, you know, your, your child who's being obnoxious to you is going to get there, but it's not happening today. That's very helpful because it allows you to chill and hang out because you know, it's going to, it's coming. You just don't know when, but it feels better to have a feeling that there is an end date on that. Um, now, as far as asking how to open your records, um, there, we use a protocol and the protocol is repeating a, a simple prayer three times. But but I offer classes and uh, trainings. I also wrote a book on opening the Akashic Records. If you're good at self-study, you could use that to open your records. And basically, you uh, implore the record keepers to give you access to this available information. And what's so amazing is that even the people who are sure they don't get anything when they access the Akashic Records, the information flows like water. And one of the things that happens is you, you wonder, is this for real? But then enough happens that it becomes very clear that, yes, it is. So it's not a form of prediction. It is a form of resource to help you make better decisions, to improve your life, and to evolve quicker than you would without that advice. Hmm, wow. And how long does it take to access the Acosta records? Just a few minutes. You just, you know, we, it's like learning how to play the piano or something. The more you do it, the better you get. So, you know, repeating the prayer only takes a few minutes. And then you start out by writing out a question and letting the record keepers answer. Now, I will tell you, there are people who can access the Akashic records without doing this little ceremony. And I don't want to judge that. What I will say is 
in my world, we created the lineage and the way we do it to ensure success. So we look at it more as a way to keep yourself in humility and not go into, oh, I can do this. Um, you have to ask every time, you know, is it okay if I go in? Um, Fascinating. Yeah. Um, Would you be open to doing like a live, like question with the Akashic Records or prefer not to do that? Uh, I could do that. Um, Let me just check in and see if it's appropriate. You know, this the old ask thing. Okay. Um, It would be like a light question, (laughs) nothing crazy. Okay. All right. If you want to, let me give, give me a second here and I'll grab my book. Okay. I'm ready. Your records are open. Okay, great. So my question is, uh, now that um, the records uh, are open, is is there a bigger creative uh, path for me in this road of um, expression, communication, and storytelling? Um, and I say this because I think you know this podcast has been great, uh, and I think I'm just curious if there's something more that I can offer um, creatively in the work of consciousness? Well, we'd like to start out by telling you that your current energy is quite high. And for all souls, there is a higher road to take, no matter where they're at. So when they are ready to move up, that's when they start asking this question. And for you, there is a bigger role as a radio host for a bigger outlet, a bigger opportunity. And we ask you to make a clear intention that you're ready for that. And then ask the universe to create the opening, the opportunities, and you will show up and do your part. Part of what holds you back is the subconscious wondering, am I good enough? Am I doing the job I need to do, can I do it better? And at the other hand, when you start to feel a little bored with it or a little bit of what we would call slowdown with it, that's when you recognize, okay, time to level up. Let's see if there's anything else. You are a light in the world. You are a lighthouse to many. And this will continue to grow. And as we say, Make the clear intention you're ready for the next opportunity and it will present itself. Mm, Beautiful. And is there anything in like writing or um, storytelling? Because I think that's also, it feels like there's been a big gift in that, like with film writing and audio journalism. And um, yeah, I'm just curious if there's anything there. We want you to pick a a well-known radio journalist or TV journalist that you admire who has done well and find that niche that they are in that you aspire to and focus on that. Put all of your attention on that. Writing a book is perhaps something that will evolve as you tell your story. And if you are not keeping a journal, you need to. And that will write the book for you. Um, But your niche is definitely where you're at and is growing. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Is there anything else that I need to know or any 
I guess, what's the most important thing for me to do next? Most important thing for you to do is to take your higher self connection from trust to knowing so that you can rely on it without hesitation. Okay. Awesome. And Maureen can tell you that after your records are closed. Okay. All right. Is there anything else I should ask at this point or is, is this, uh, does this feel complete? You are part of what we call the way showers who are showing the way for others. You yourself on your, are on your own spiritual journey, but you're enough ahead of the crowd, so to speak, that you can map out opportunities and uh, ideas for others to follow. In this way, you are like Lewis and Clark, who mapped out the great Western territories of the United States in order for that to be colonized and settled. So you get to be on the front lines and there's more to that than just what was said. What's implied here is what's important. Mm. Very cool. Wow. Wow. All right, let's, let's close the records. Okay. We give thanks to the record keepers and your records are now closed. And what I'd like to offer to those who are listening is that we um, did stop the recording so that I could open the records and um, be ready to uh, answer some of Yasmin's questions. Uh, and that was a little bit of a ceremony, which we did uh, behind the scenes, so to speak. So, um, you know, I answer a lot of questions on the radio, but because I didn't have any awareness that we were going to do this, I had not taken those steps that I normally would do. Yeah, thank you for uh, for doing this because I know we didn't talk about it. I was just curious, you know, what it would be like, and uh, it was very moving. So thank you so much for doing that. Wow. The nice thing about working with record keepers is they are very loving and very supportive. So even if you've been beat, even if you and I'm talking to the audience now have been beating yourself up about something, the record keepers will take a different slant and they will help you see and understand your behavior so you can choose to be different. And that's really very powerful. Mm, I love, and I love the, um, the choice that we have in like stepping into this kind of new evolution of self too. It's like, you know, we have to just be it in order to attract it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you spoke about like learning to trust our higher self. Oh yes. So um, I developed with my guides a way to connect with your higher self that will give you 100% accuracy. And there isn't a teacher anywhere that will will say that to you. And my protocol is very analytical. So those of you who are analysts and wanting to follow this along, it's a very easy three-step process. And you start out with a little meditation where you ask for symbols or signals for yes, no, and neutral. And that you can do on your own. And then uh, we do three simple rules for 45 days. So the rule number one is you ask only yes or no questions, no open-ended questions, no predictive questions, and they're always insignificant 
choices that you are willing to do either way. So if you're sitting in a restaurant and you're thinking about one meal or another and you can't decide, so you ask your higher self. And once you ask, then you must follow through. So I always encourage people, do your legwork first and then ask your higher self because that's your final decision. So that's the second step, follow through. If you ask, you must follow through. And then the third step is you set aside all your other divination tools. You set aside a pendulum if you know how to use one or muscle testing if you know what that is or kinesiology. All of those things are accurate to a point. The reason I say that there's a difference between trusting your higher self and knowing you trust that I would show up for this interview, but you know the sun is going to come up tomorrow. And that's the difference. You're certain about the sunrise. You trust. And trust implies that there's a possibility of a no-show. Trust implies there's a possibility of disappointment. But knowing doesn't do that. So when I say to you, do you trust that 2 plus 2 is 4 or do you know that 2 plus 2 is 4? So you can see easily there's a difference, that there is a complete difference. There's no question in your mind about whether 2 or 2 plus 2 is 4. You know it. And that's what happens with your connection to the higher self. So going back to the basics, 45 days of unimportant, insignificant questions. And the best part is I tell people Start with today and count forward 45 days. So no matter what day this is, if it's the first of the month or the 10th of the month, you just move forward 45 days. So if you start on the first of the month, then it's one month plus 15 days. That's easy to do. And then you decide that right off the bat. I'm going to do this practice for 45 days and it's going to end on this date. And then you proceed to ask unimportant, insignificant questions every single day, up to 30 or 40 times a day. What that does is builds familiarity. It also builds history. Most of us make decisions based on our history. We look up what's on the internet when we're buying a car. We ask our friends about that brand. And we go through all this resource, which is history. But Higher self is in real time. Higher self is going to give you accurate information for the now. And so after you go through all those steps, when you ask your higher self, it's always right. And so the fun part is even when you feel like that signal isn't that clear or I'm not really certain about it, you allow that to be okay because you're playing. It doesn't matter. You're asking about unimportant stuff. So it makes no difference. And then in hindsight, you begin to see, you ask which restaurant to go to, and your higher self says this one, and then you walk in and your best friend is there, and you think, oh, that's so cool. I've been thinking about you all week. So there's cool things that'll happen as a result of asking your higher self, and you always ask the same way, higher self, is it in my highest and best good to take this action? Again, don't talk about the future. Don't ask about what other people are doing. Simply my action steps this day at this moment. Mm, that's so, so interesting. Okay. Uh, and why 45 days? We get new DNA after 45 days and the body recalibrates. So it becomes second nature. Mm, fascinating. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to try that. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. I'll send you the handwritten uh, text on that so you can really, you know, level up. 
It, and it's just small decisions because I, I usually, it's so funny. I feel like I'm pretty intuitive, but uh, for some reason, I don't always follow my intuition. I mean, it's, it's you know, it comes and goes and there's reasons for that, but. Um, well, yeah, and, that, and to be fair, that's what everybody does. Everybody who feels like they have a little bit of intuition or a big amount of intuition, they follow it most of the time. And that's my test question. When people say, oh, I don't, I don't need that. I already have a good connection. I always ask, so... Do you always follow your higher self? <laughs> and of course, the answer is always no. No, um, you know. And and my response to that is then then you don't believe in it. You don't know that it's your higher self because once you do this exercise, there's no question. You know, it's like in the old days when people didn't have caller ID, you could pick up the phone before you said hello and know who it was. Many people did this. Yeah. So it's possible to learn the skill. And oh, by the way, as you were saying you were going to do it, I thought, oh yeah, the record keepers just told you to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and to journal every day, which I, I used to journal every single day. And then I, I sort of stopped doing that, but it was, it was profound when I did it, journal every day. And I mean, I have so many great insights in the morning. It's just like phew, powerful. Maybe you could journal at a meal and write about your interview. And not a lot about the interview, but just how you felt about the interview or what you learned from the interview that struck. Mm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And to share. Yeah, because I feel like there's so much wisdom in these conversations and this will be the 101 episode. So that's fabulous. Well, congratulations <laughs> on a wide ranging audience and a very amazing start to an amazing career. Oh, thank you. It's so funny. My mom used to tell me when I was younger, you should, you should be in audio journalism. And I, and, you know, it took me like many decades before, uh, you know, I actually stumbled into this. So very, very fascinating. Um, uh, Maureen, I have so many more questions, but I know that we're, uh, at time. If you have a little bit more time, I'd love to ask a couple more questions. Sure thing. Okay. So, um, I'd love to know what your journey was like. You know, was there like a catalyst, like a person or an event that placed you on this path? Um, your name is Marine St. Germain. I think for people who may may or have not heard of the Ascended Masters, I think it would be a good idea just to explain who they are and, and also how you got your name. Okay. So um, I think I've always been on this path from the time I was a child, I knew what my um, my interactions would be to help people. I didn't really have a sense of what my true purpose was as a child, but I knew I wanted to help others. And I also knew that I was being watched by beings of light and not so good ones. And I had I didn't have a, a strong imagination from television because we didn't watch television. We were a farm family. And... Um, so I, I grew up knowing about the angels and the saints because I grew up Catholic. Um, and when my first marriage ended after 25 years, I was, well, let me back up. When I was 11, I couldn't figure out what to use as a confirmation name. And finally, I found the name of St. Germain, and that's what I selected. So my confirmation name is Jermaine as well. And then as an adult, 
when I was going through this process of, of my divorce, my attorney kept saying, well, do you want to go back to your maiden name? And I would say, I don't know. Let me think about it. So I called him one day after I'd received this message. And the message was to um, do the numerology on Maureen St. Germain. And I had been doing a numerology chart for someone. And when I finished, that's when I got this message. So I did the numerology and it was very powerful, very high. And I just sat there with it. I'm thinking, I'm not changing my name. That's what weird people do. I'm not doing it. You know, I was in the corporate world at this point. And finally I asked, so am I supposed to change my name to Maureen St. Germain? And the answer was yes. And I called my attorney and I'm just, you know, exploring what's possible. And I said, you know, what if I pulled the name out of a hat? And he said, well, it's a good thing you called me today because we're finally paperwork tomorrow and it would have been too late. Hmm. And I was thinking, I was just checking my options. I didn't think I was calling him to tell him to do it. So I had to make a decision right then and there. And then later, this is a funny add-on, a postscript, if you will. One man who was a very good friend of mine, and we had such a nice connection, he asked a very well-known psychic, what's his connection with Maureen St. Germain? This is a gay man who was with his partner, and I was you know, the guest in their home on a regular basis as a teacher. And the well-known psychic said, well, you were a ship captain and you had a ship that crossed the Mediterranean for the Ascended Master St. Germain when he was alive. And just in case you're not following this story, an Ascended Master is a human who has uh, been in the earth, on the earth many lifetimes and achieved a level of mastery so that they can now be of service from the other side. So this man known as Le Comte de Saint-Germain was a living human being at one time. Anyway, supposedly I was his beloved. And so my joke is he didn't give me my name, his name in that lifetime, but he made sure I got it in this one. Oh, love that. Amazing. That's so beautiful. And so, um, and now you're teaching the, a lot of the works from the Ascended Masters in your books and your courses. And so for those who uh, are not familiar, I mean, I, I wasn't familiar with the Ascended Masters until a couple of years ago. And I think, you know, there's a lot of camps of people that really know about them. And then a lot of people who don't, especially if they, if their background um, was maybe not Christian or, or Catholic. So, um, so Maureen, what sort of things have surprised you on this journey? You've been on this journey for so long now. Is there anything that surprises you? Yes. Occasionally when I'm in the Akashic Records, I am completely surprised by what they say. And since it's coming out of my mouth and I'm not thinking it, it's just, you know, like a channel opened up and they're speaking through me. I'm fully conscious, fully cognizant. I'm, I stand back in awe. And, and on the other side of it, when I'm teaching and a student says, I can't believe I actually wrote that. And of course, my joke is, yeah, you didn't. That was the Akashic Record Keepers. And we all laugh, but it's true. So the messages that are coming through for us are quite profound and quite amazing and sometimes boggle the mind, just boggle the mind, you know. And so one of the things that I think is really important is to suspend disbelief. And if you like the movies, be okay with a lot of the movies that don't make sense but seem to have their own common thread. 
like the movie Frequency or the movie Ghost or Sixth Sense. Those movies challenge us to think of being a human that has a different experience than what we thought. And they're very entertaining, but they're also seeding in us awareness that these things might be possible. And that's what I like about the movies. Mm, that's yeah. I loved the movie Ghost when I was uh, younger. Oh my gosh, I loved. And I we actually had Laura Day on the show who actually consulted um, with Demi Moore on in, in intuition and that kind of stuff inside the psychic world. <laughs> so very nice. Uh, very nice. Yeah, so cool. So are there um, any other like you know mentors or books or resources, obviously outside of your own, that you recommend our audience to read or check out, or maybe even someone that greatly influenced your life? Uh, is there any anyone? Well, if you're curious about the Ascended Masters, I would highly recommend a resource book called The Ascended Masters and Their Retreats by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. The profound book and quite wonderful. It's a dictionary of the Ascended Masters and their lifetimes and who they were in various embodiments. And that's very helpful because then when somebody says something or in meditation you get a name, you uh, you can look it up. So that's one resource. Another resource that I really love is a book called Love is in the Earth. And it also is a dictionary of all the crystals. And I like that particularly because the woman who brought that information forth, Melody, was a brilliant human being and had so many wonderful things to teach us about the crystals and what they do for us. Um, let's see if there's, you know, and, and the other thing is, you know, start out your day with, I, you know, I'm asking for a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I come in contact with and everyone I'm in contract with. And I use that last part, the contract bit, because I might not see my webmaster today, but I want to make sure she has a good day because I need her to have a good mm. day. I love that. Yes. In contract with, I love that. Oh, amazing. Well, Maureen, are there any other resources that you can point folks to in order to learn more about you and your book? Um, where can people find your meditations? I know you um, referenced them in the beginning. Yes. Um, I have a website called St. Germain Mystery School, and you can read the blog, which is loaded with information. 90% of my information comes directly from source and a lot of times I get told something and then I discover later someone else had said that too. But a lot of times I'm the first one to say it. And I'm not trying to you know, make myself special, but just to say that I feel validated when somebody else writes something that I was given by my guide. So, you know, it works for all of us to, um, you know, be aware of what other people are doing. Um, the works of Dolores Cannon jump out at me. Um, and her work was, was hip through hypnosis and it's profound, profound. She's no longer living. And also the work of Neil Donald Walsh. I remember when I read Conversations with God, I thought I could have written this because it was all the stuff I knew, but I had never written it like that. <laughs> and then one of the delightful things, if those of you who are listening don't read books, then get the audio version 
with Ed Asner and Ellen Burstyn. Those two people, those two famous actors, play God, and they switch mid-sentence. For me, that was hilarious to hear a male voice, you know, the, the booming fa father image and Ed Asner, and then a woman picks up the rest of his sentence. It's hilarious, or vice versa. <laughs> and, and the content in that those books is remarkable and phenomenal and will expand your consciousness beyond anything you ever thought of. So Conversations with God, books one, two, and three, and then, of course, there's a series after that, and then all the Dolores Cannon books, which were all channeled where she supposedly was talking to um, Nostradamus. Mm, yes, I. Um, we had Neil on the show uh, about a year ago, and it was uh, phenomenal. I loved Conversations with God. It was a really excellent book. And D Dolores Cannon, I've been diving into, but I wish I could have met her uh, before she passed. Um, thank you so much, Maureen. This is so fascinating. I know we didn't get to some other questions, so maybe we could do a part two at some point later and get into things like the flower of life and the Merkaba and tetrahedron and all this, this other stuff. So, um, But thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and to help so many people. You're welcome. And I wish you good fortune and a day of heaven on earth. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. We wish all of our uh, guests and the audience listening in for a day of heaven on earth. Thanks for joining in for listening. In this episode, we learned about mastering our energy, how to access higher consciousness, and you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one -on -one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.